0: back again welcome back to jokerman i'm Evan. i'm Ian.
1: i'm ian he's evan there yeah i've, I've seen th- i've seen some of you people on twitter thinking that i'm evan and that he's ian i'm ian he's evan yeah evan, i'm e- i'm evan evan is that one ian is this one
0: we have i think different enough voices that it's uh irresponsible to spread that that Shit. I
1: certainly wouldn't want anyone to think That's that I'm an Jesus. Uh, and I, em- it, embarrassing.
0: You, you would think I, I'm Ian. Yeah,
1: um, that would be cool. Th-
0: no. It, you should be so lucky. I should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I'm going to say, I don't want to say anything bad about you in case somebody thinks that I am Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Good you, point. You fucked up. <laughs> Damn it. Well, no, hoisted by my think. own petard. <laughs> no, we've we got to lift each other up. Us Jokermen, we got to stick together.
1: <laughs> That's true. It's part of a dying breed.
0: Uh, we're here for... Uh not even side b we we barely got through cuz we are here for the second half we're on we're
1: on cd come on we're living in a cd world now uh so we 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 were just we pressed pause the, the laser stopped and we're pressing play again on the old stereo and the if laser if ever we
0: were on. not doing this on cd <laughs> world it's this episode because this is phonograph type music uh no actually it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what format you listen to this because these are songs that are eternal and make up the uh, these songs will the be, be just blood as good. of Amer- of American music.
1: They'll be just as good when you're in the the Facebook Metaverse and someone is you know face fucking you with their uh, Shrek penis and uh, this is like being blasted. into I don't your, think
0: you can do that on the on the Facebook uh, Metaverse.
1: Well, not yet, but just you know just wait until folks kind of get their hands on it. It's, there's going to be some exciting stuff going on there. This stuff is good no matter how you listen to it, folks.
0: I can't believe you've even. Put that image out into this episode before we've even <laughs> said well, that, the name of the record. That Shadows is what in
1: the night. that is what Shadows in the Night is here to fight back against. It's
0: it's here to fight back against <laughs> literally just like all the shit you see every day. All the shit the, you notice how you ever notice in that the world we live in now, like twenty twenty one, and how it's been for you know a long long time now. It's is, bad. It's really ugly. It's bad. Everything is. Do you notice that everything is so ugly that everybody has really shitty clothes on and that everything is looks cheap and there's really bright fucking ugly screens and advertisements everywhere. And that even like really nice stately streets have stupid street art of like Mickey mouse, uh, or a fucking like an ad for like, um, I don't know, like space jam five on it. And everything just looks like shit. Yes. Have you noticed that? I've noticed. Don't you like, don't you enjoy, there's like so much music, this record being the first of a huge swath of music by one of the greatest artists of all time, Bob Dylan. And it's music that has absolutely nothing to do with the shitty NFT type world that we live in. And it's all about just stuff that is eternal, like feelings of love remorse yearning and um redemption do you like that I that do is like, the case
1: i like that that's that's good to me
0: that's what i like too and I that's why uh I, well one could say it's good music and, uh,
1: <laughs> mellifluous
0: yeah, it's mellifluous <laughs> Suck a dick, uh, Chris, Cow. Chris Cow I guess I guess we're not going to get him on the pod No, I don't think so But, uh, you know, he did take the I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Robert Chris Cow He doesn't like when people say anything violent and dick-based Right, that's right To him uh, He seems to have taken off his negative review From his personal website of this album Where he said that that Bob He had the gall, he had the nerve to say that Bob wasn't mellifluous on this and that he was pitchy or something like that.
1: Bob's a hell of a lot more mellifluous than you
0: are, Bob. He's smooth. And he is smooth as ever with the first song that we're going to talk about on this part two of uh, Side B or whatever. Uh, Shadows in the Night from Jokerman.
1: Autumn Leaves. But before we get there, Come on! It's everyone's didn't, didn't favorite didn't blow the... thing. Blow on the. We can't wait. We, got, we gotta wait. We gotta wait. All right, all right. Till we get to the music,
0: right into the music.
1: This is this is how things are done. We're 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 following the we're following the protocols here.
0: Yeah. What a cover! It's a great cover. Um, it's blue. It's blue. You've got these horse, uh, vertical bars, rather. Um, yes. Sort of as if to. Uh, Uncover like we were talking about, Bob saying the songs are not covers, it's more of an uncovering these uh, these bars, these slats. It, I was gonna, ju- I was just about to point this out. The I Hub never Tone. knew this, I was I've just, just about to point this. this out. And you know, it's another crazy thing the Hubtones album cover here with the bars, the nine bars, and the one that's sort of out of joint with the rest yes. of them. I was just talking to. Uh, Matt Poulos, my uh, bandmate of uh, Dub Thompson fame, because our album cover for that is the same color scheme. It was called Nine Songs. There's nine bars and the exact same font and color red. Wow, I never realized that. And uh, I didn't realize that either. It's just a totally weird coincidence, but our album cover look like has a really similar text and color scheme to the famous hub tones we're going really far afield right now but um <laughs> uh, i that's actually what... had a i had a comb de garcon t-shirt with that hub tones album cover on it that's funny um fancy, i don't know fancy lat yeah i i got it because i thought it was cool and i think i was probably <laughs> thinking about this um connection in in the 2017 or whatever the fuck Anyway, this that's is what this incredibly esoteric stuff, but it seems to be based upon the Hubtones album and uh, by trumpeter Freddie
1: uh, Hubbard, released on the Blue Note label. Yeah, from 1962.
0: And unlike the black and red and white motif of that and the Dub Thompson uh, record, <laughs> um, this has a really cool blue. It's a series like a, of
1: blues. There's uh, there's a couple different blues. There's a light blue says Bob Dylan. There's sort of a medium blue says Shadows in the Night. And then there's a there's a dark blue, and that that dark blue is the the rest of the cover. It's, it's sort of the 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 ocean in which all of this design is swimming. And there's I a very nice inspired, picture of Bob.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a nice picture, Bob. I actually very thoughtful. I I was inspired, and I got a blue hat today because I was thinking about it. Well done. I was at the store, and I saw a blue hat.
1: We can't we can't forget this.
0: Oh, you the back cover where the back cover. Bob is uh is at a table with a bosomy masked woman, none other than uh shall we? we want to reveal her Well we've identity? talked about it before.
1: Is it actually her? I I don't know that we've ever gotten confirmation. I I haven't seen I thought it was. actual confirmation of that. Is it? Isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the rumor is, allegedly, that it's Bob Dylan paired with the masked woman. The, Meg the, White. The busty. Yeah. One. Keep it up. <laughs> the buxom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rubenesque, one could say. Buxom beauty. Uh, Meg White. Um, she looks great. Former bandmate of Evan's sworn enemy, Jack White.
0: Well, I I realized that I had definitely like signed up for that uh, crock of shit. Uh, oh, did you technically just fuck up? too late? But I mean, it was before the official release of that record, so I figured like, in what world would that be?
1: yeah I mean the whole the whole thing was a little foolish.
0: Yeah, the, whatever. I still haven't gotten it, and I'm probably never going to get it anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, the bootleg discs,
1: very strong design image blue. <laughs> just
0: talking about her tits and very strong design <laughs> it's very it's very good design very good photos oh
1: interesting is this uh there's much much to consider here it's um so there's some sort of uh you know classical beauty that i, I no, can't there, quite there. lay my finger on here you certainly literally
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's a great cover great back cover possibly better back cover in the front cover, and
1: it's, um uh, it's very well uh, the whole thing this whole album it's, the whole down thing down to is, the, is well it's well it's well it's been well thought out it's it's it's, it's a it's the, from the video from the picture of bob from the album design from the sound of the me it's all this is just such a nice it's so nice such a nice little nice little thing i love it the whole i thing.
0: love it too and and as i said before in the last episode that I, the opposite thing happened when, like, you know, some people might think, after he did this, you know, and then he kept doing it, like, oh, this is more of that. But I actually respect every one of these records more and more. The more he de- did them, right? Like, I like that he stuck to the bit. Because if it was just a one-off, then it it might feel even a little hokey. Even though it's nothing about this record is hokey, everything about it is fantastic. Right. uh, It would feel a little disappointing, like uh, that was just like a little detour. If it had just been this one as a sort of one-off, it would have been, I think, relegated to the realm of the curiosity as a curio. Sure. Yeah, I
1: see what you mean here. And it's something that he really spent, like, thought about, invested himself in, you know, cared about. he
0: invested in it. He he was bullish on uh, 40s music. (laughs) Um,
1: Should also be noted that a lot of this stuff made its way into... Into the the live shows around this period of time, and still is there up until what? this very melancholy mood has been one of the hits of the, uh, which is not on this record, but you know is we'll is get to on that the next later. Yeah, we'll get to it. The, this this material began to compose a you know a not insignificant amount of the the songs that were actually being played live live in show and show in concert. As we that's love, right. Love, I, well, love I to saw
0: say. one of those shows, but um, maybe that's something we we'll can talk more about later. But right. I did see one. Uh, of those shows that was heavily filled with this material. with the standards well, yeah, anyway that could be good right. stuff
1: to uh, talk about next time let's uh, There's without also any further ado. A,
0: a friend of the show uh, Matt Crafting has an incredible uh, little connection to a certain song uh, that we'll get to next time I guess
1: I feel, the, the harmonica feels out of place here I feel like it should be
0: yeah it should be the the swoon of a french horn or yeah. a um or a one of those a, the,
1: mournful pedal steel lines yeah
0: exactly just do a quick mournful pedal steel <laughs>
1: uh, if anyone out th- if anyone out there can do that for us do it we'll send it to us we'll plug it in uh, in the next uh, episodes because we've got we got more of this to talk
0: about oh possibly. yeah we sure do <laughs> uh Autumn leaves. Autumn
1: leaves. Mm. You know that autumn leaves start to fall. The, I was walking around the, today. Autumn leaves everywhere. It's,
0: listening to this song. Autumn leaves fall. It's same. It's, it's great. You know, I, I saw Yola Tango uh, do their Hanukkah show. One of them. I wish I could have. Like, I, I would have. Next time, I want to go to like as many as I can go to. Yeah, they're so good. It's not just that they're so good. They are the best. No, the Hanukkah shows are
1: specifically so good. They're like variety shows. Yeah, but
0: they're the best band in the universe. Uh, And they played on the night I went, lucky me. They did play two Dylan covers. For your birthday. Yeah, on my birthday. Before they played um, Love Minus Zero, No Limit, uh, Ira introduced it as a, um, now we're going to do a seasonal number. No. Yeah. Isn't that
1: nice? Yeah, that is nice. That is kind of an autumny song, isn't it?
0: Yeah, speaking of uh, Autumn Leaves. Yeah. The other song was Going, Going, Gone, by the way. Great kick. So it. great. Uh, Autumn Leaves. Dylan talks about this in that AARP interview, doesn't he? He's yeah. Like, this he, well, he talks about is... because
1: Clapton did one of these, apparently. And, and <laughs> he says something along the line, you know, you know, thank God for the blues and so on.
2: Thank God.
0: Yes, um, thank
1: God for the blues. <laughs> uh, but he um, he says something in here about like Clapton's version is good. You know, it's whatever. It's nice to hear him do it. But like he's not he's not he's not doing it for the right reasons or something. I, I probably should have pulled this quote exactly. But but he says something like because because apparently the Clapton version, which I haven't heard, I'll you know say up front. Uh, there's you know some some guitar noodling as as Clapton is known to do. Uh, quite a bit, in fact, and that's not what this song, really, this music in general, is about. Um, you know that kind of stuff. Like, it, it you you can pull these songs out of the past and record them as Eric Clapton and just use them as a you know kind of a canvas on which to do your your Eric Clapton shit, but you're not. You're not honoring these songs the way that they should be honored. You're not you're not trying to put this music across and bring it forward and, and broaden it out to a larger audience. You're yeah, you're he, doing something else. And that's fine. He but said that's, something
0: great about um, Sinatra as being somebody who didn't sing at you like people today do. Sang to you. He sang to you. Yes. And that's really something that like you feel. More than you even know, like you just feel it on this. And, um, I don't know this song that well. Like, you know, I don't think most people uh, under 30 are really familiar to 30 to be generous. Like, know the song Autumn Leaves. Bob, but, Bob, Bob
1: does say, uh, that's a song that's been done to yeah, death. No. I mean, He's who like hasn't everybody. done that song? <laughs>
0: it's like everybody knows <laughs> at Autumn Leaves. I don't think, uh, uh. I mean, it just shows how fast the world's the world's changing. You know, everyone forgets about um, the the famous covers of Autumn Leaves, but Autumn uh, Leaves a
1: song we all know and love.
0: As Bob performs this and sings to you, mm. you know you you don't have to know this song because he's he's teaching you what it's about. He's telling he's telling you what you already know, and you can just be there and feel it with him and uh it's a a song of plaintive yearning and uh moody uh atmosphere really
1: yeah. i mean there's not there's not much to it you know it's it's like trying to trying to analyze or explain a magic trick it, it it's going to fail bob does say and i i've pulled up the quote uh in the meantime Uh, The interviewer asks, or Bob says, you know, I never really got to the heart of the song until recently, uh, that song being Lucky Old Son, which was referring to a previous um, question in the interview, but the interviewer goes on to ask, how do you do that, how do you get to the heart of the song, Bob says, "Uh, well, you cut the song down to the bone, I, I mentioned this quote last time, and see if it's really there for you to do, most songs have bridges in them, this is really interesting, I hadn't ever thought about this. A bridge is something that distracts a listener from the main verses of a song so the listener doesn't get repetitively bored. My songs don't have a lot of bridges because lyric poetry never had them. But when a song like Autumn Leaves presents itself, you have to decide what's real about it and what's not. Listen to how Eric Clapton does it. He sings the song, and then he plays the guitar for 10 minutes, and then he sings the song again. Wow. <laughs> he might even play the guitar again. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but when you listen to his version, where do you think the importance is? Well, obviously, it's in the guitar part It's playing. on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> he sings the song twice, both the same way. And there's really no reason to do that unless you're singing the song in a different way. It's okay for Eric because he's a master guitar player. And, of course, that's what he wants to feature on any song he records. But other people couldn't do it and get away with it. It's not exactly getting to the heart of Man, what Autumn so Lee is about. So
0: graceful <laughs> when he, that he manages to basically, like... Uh, completely shit on it and then like pull out of it he pulls it back like like he's a guitar master
1: he's totally welcome to do it
0: and Bob is a is a sly dog for that that is Uh, like he like does a barrel roll like the last second is just about to hit the mountain of um being really mean to Eric Clapton the king um but he uh he's totally right and he's just bringing a kind of like common artistic sense like a, a he's just being straight with with the artistic process here. He's just going if i'm going to do this what what can i do to make it work? i have to take this these words seriously enough that this this bridge doesn't just feel like it's being foisted into your listening experience to keep you placated. right. and that's something that he does with these songs that is transformative is that he every time, every word, any, any, even every time it repeats, it never feels redundant. I mean, it's just, it's complete. It's totally dead. He's completely committing to doing these songs. And I don't think that these songs are the, the he's already predetermined that these are the ones that he feels he can really do a justice that way.
1: Yes, that's all. Yes, very much so. And, and it's complete and total faith in everything that's going on here. It's, it's complete faith that the song is perfect. The band is perfect. His own control as a singer is going to be perfect. The studio setup, the miking is perfect. Uh, there's this great interview with this the, the studio engineer for this, I forget his name, but some 80-something-year-old guy who's worked at Capitol forever and recorded everyone back to Sinatra, and Bob specifically said, I want that guy to mic the sessions here. He mm-hmm. um, said and he brought that, out
0: all this old, old uh, equipment.
1: Oh yeah, old equipment. Exactly and this is this I think when Rado was on, he was talking about you know, there are there are situations where Bob is mentioned like he doesn't want to see the mics. This guy said this is this is one of those sessions the guy said Bob didn't want to see any mic besides just the mic that he was singing in six inches away from his face. Yeah. So he had to do some crazy shit to get everything to sound good. They they recorded this album without any headphones on. Everything was just live in the room, exactly the way that Bob wants it to be. Um and so yeah, so the music is just it's complete and total faith. Uh, in every in every component and it and it, it is put across as simply and plainly and directly as it can be and it it works perfectly. You know, you don't need any sort of ten minute guitar solo. You don't need any sort of glossy production. You don't need well, fucking, it is, uh, you know, headphones to record the music on. It's just like you,
0: you just need like perfectly executed and incredibly well considered artistic production which I mean right which
1: they, is what Bob and the, the yeah the band have and it, it no one else that does they have
0: that nobody else has it exactly and they've just managed to capture lightning in a bottle they knew that and that's why there's so much of this stuff that's why they just kept recording it and thank fucking god they did and how dare you honestly to think that that's not a big deal because if you listen to this stuff like by the end of the next song if you're not if you're listening. At all, you'll understand that you don't just do one record of this like he could keep going. And so he did. And it is just a a massive gift to everybody because they found something here. Like they figured something out. Yes. About the way to do these songs. It's not just Bob's way. It's like the way of doing this. I mean, it, it it is, it's the experience of watching or listening rather to somebody do something better. Just there. You couldn't be better. It couldn't be.
1: Yes. Well, let's maybe get to that next song because that is for my money. It's the start of the show here. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's a standout for sure. Why try to change me now? I mean, just even thinking about it gives me a smile.
1: Man. If there's a single song on this record, I think, that captures the mood, the spirit, the sense that you want to capture, that Bob is trying to put across... Just this, just even the first verse of this song, Why Try to Change Me Now?, which starts so simply, so like, I'm sentimental, so I walk in the rain.
0: (laughs) He's a real Gatsby
1: Wells. It's so good. I've got some habits even I can't explain. Could start for the corner, could turn up in Spain, but why try to change me now?
0: You didn't get that reference, did you?
1: Uh, isn't it a reference to people like thinking that uh,
0: Gatsby Wells is the uh, main character from A Rainy Day in New York? Oh God, <laughs> he likes to walk in the rain. He's different. Okay, he's, we've he's different. we've had
1: we've 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 done we've done enough of that recently.
0: Happy birthday!
1: <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna bleep that and po- I'm. <sighs>
0: I uh, what were you saying?
1: It's a perfect song. Every verse is perfect. Bob's delivery here, I think, is my favorite delivery on the entire record. Because it's like he's barely even singing. Like these 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 words are just like in the air already, in the ether, and he's just kind of pulling them into this kind of dimension that we're able to 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 hear them in, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
0: No, I that is kind of the best way to talk about this this stuff it's you have to meet it halfway with your imagination to use a phrase I guess it's something that I've been finding myself using to to talk about some of these records lately like you've got to kind of bring a little bit of yourself to it assume that there's something here for you something to get out of this and just like notice that it's right there that it that sometimes sometimes these songs are like so straight up that the best way to you have to actually relax a bit to just really get it and
1: you know what you need to do you need to just put it on
0: you need to put it on
1: this is put it on
0: I mean, that my favorite uh, line in this is when he goes, cigarette ashes, there they go on the floor. On the floor. He's just. I'll go away weekends, on, leave know? my
1: keys in the door. In the door. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but oh, I love it. You don't
0: know what it means? It means he's, he's absent-minded. He he's like gonna he left his keys I in the see, door I and he's just like I, I couldn't tell off. he was trying
1: to like let someone stay in his apartment or no, while no. He was out of town or something. <laughs> see, you're
0: not even you're not relaxing enough. You're you're not getting in that That's true. He's he's uh he's talking about how he he doesn't This song is, is really you know, we could read more into it like why does it speak to Bob? It's kind of the most gentle expression of the type of song that goes, "I'm a rebel, I don't fit into society." This is the the rare song where it's like that, but it's it's from this kind of zen like perspective of um, and romantic perspective at the same Absolutely. time, which is just such a special type of song. He's he's talking about how you know I was always your clown. Don't well, you this, remember the, this, that this, refrain?
1: Yeah, the, the the way that it ends. I was always your clown, incredible. But this third verse, like, sounds like a vert, Like it it sounds like it speaks directly to Bob himself. Why can't I be more conventional? People yeah. talk, people stare. So I try, but that's so not for me because I can't see my kind of crazy world go passing me by. It's you know that's that's his entire life. And yeah,
0: why can't I be more conventional? People was trying stare. to be more conventional at various times, exactly. and it doesn't—it never works out. People are always making something out of uh, him being conventional, <laughs> you know. And this song—it's just like being at peace with with himself. It's so beautiful.
1: It really is, and yeah, the like, it's so, like, you like I almost feel indecent, like, even listening to this, music, like, I feel like I'm peeking behind the curtain, like, too much, almost, and and it's, like, irresistible to me to get that, but, like, there's, you can even hear on this song, towards the end, uh, I think in between the two, Don't You Remember I Was Always Your Clowns, um, like, you can hear Bob kind of, like like, sniffle a little bit into the mic, like... It's so it's so just like unmediated, just direct in the air, in the room, into your ears that like you can, you can hear the guy breathing and kind yeah, of like well, twitching his nose. Like it's there, unbelievable. There's that thing just,
0: that uh, I think Matt Krefting said it on the last episode that Bob doesn't always talk about himself directly, but he does. It was either Matt. Or um, Josh said, "Yeah, I think Ben said it. Yeah, talks, but he does reveal himself through tropes, right? And if you understand that about Bob Dylan, then you will understand that these songs are some of the most intimate and direct expressions of who Bob Dylan is as an artist that you can ever hope to get. And it's like it's like when somebody changes their name in in an autobiographical story, just you know, but you know it's them. It's like." just this paper thin membrane and these words are just kind of like, you know, they exist for Bob to fill in with everything that is real and is immediate and is true about his experience. And it also happens to apply to you because it can't not. I mean, this is just stuff that um, is, is universal, but is also some of the, The most intimate music that Bob Dylan ever put out.
1: We've all felt this way, uh, you know. Or or we maybe
0: we we won't, though, because some. I mean, or we haven't yet. So that's another thing Dylan said is in in that AARP interview is he stresses, I think, that um, a younger man couldn't necessarily pull this off. That a schoolboy or a choir boy, he's maybe well, couldn't
1: pull it off. Certainly, but couldn't.
0: It wouldn't ring true that you have to uh, have experienced and loved and lost to really make these songs work. Right. We will all feel that way. And a, a fascinating tidbit that you learn reading that interview is that oh, right. in 1978, Dylan wanted to do a record like this. Or yes. Of of this, this type of material, Columbia wouldn't uh, pay for it or put it out. And so he... Passed on that idea and instead put out a little record called uh, "Street Legal." Street Legal, <laughs> incredible.
1: Uh, I love. I love the alternate history idea of 1978's "Shadow Shadows of the Night." Well, that would be fascinating. Absolutely incredible.
0: There's those rundown sessions from '78, right? Uh, where you hear uh, certain really interesting um, arrangements and approaches to his music. Was that that was it Girl from the North Country that I'm thinking of? Yes. where it's a as close as we, we can maybe get to what that could have sounded like. You know he, there's a version of Girl from the North Country that is done in this very unique um, 78 era. A yeah, very soft, uh, vibey, kind of yeah, like Mellotron
1: organ sort of thing.
0: Where he's covering a song that's, you know, one of his own sort of standard type songs. Right. And um, it, it sounds nothing like anything on uh, Street Legal. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably the closest we can get, unless there's some other version of an actual standard from that era done in a similar way but I I I mean we can only guess but we can if if he had done something like that around that time maybe it would have sounded like that rundown sessions version of Girl from the North Country I'll put in a little uh, let's put in a little sound clip of that here
2: if you're traveling the North Country where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there She once was a true lover man.
0: Some Enchanted Evening. Boy, I, I love this song. I don't know if... I, I've i always liked this song. It, um, It's just always been a favorite of mine. But do you have any relationship with it? I mean, I used to listen to like... Uh, like my parents would have, have like show tunes on when we would like have dinner sometimes. That's fun. And uh, th- I... You know, we talked a little bit about musicals, but... I have a real fondness for musicals from that the the sort of classic era of the of the American musical probably anything after the seventies I'm not that interested in at all sure Except, uh, with few exceptions some enchanted evening of course I forget Is what was a musical it's... song I think so. Hmm. Isn't it?
1: I just, I'm yeah, decidedly not the musical guy. That's here. right, South Pacific. South Pacific.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know that was a musical. You didn't. You don't know about South Pacific. I'm not a musical guy. Well, I was cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bob isn't cool, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't. You weren't as. You were cooler than Bob Dylan, right?
1: Um,
0: Bob Dylan seems Sinatra- South Pacific.
1: The Sinatra version of this is fascinating to me. Well, this, this is the, the one that's the this one is the that one.
0: is not that, that makes me think that Bob has seen South Pacific because Sinatra's <laughs> version of it, at least the one that we that you found, is um wacky.
1: It's yeah, it's wild. It's like a big, like kind of swinging, like good times version of this song, like big, like horns blowing it, it's and like, everyone's like, bum, smooth, bum, 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 yeah it's it is not at all what i pictured this song but like for the most part a lot of these songs are pretty pretty faithful interpretations of the the tempo the melody um the overall vibe uh you know bob reinterpreting the frank versions but this one is really like this is just, this doesn't sound like it would belong on this re- on this bob record well, that's why given I the I kind of it's, mood it's and not, tone that he's interested in
0: it's not based on See if that's the only version of the song that you have heard, then yeah. But the original version of the song from the musical is much more like what we hear here. It's um, it is a ballad. Uh, it's just a straight ahead um, romantic ballad. I mean, this is just an incredibly gorgeous song, and and it's so glamorous and like romantic.
1: I mean, to like what I what I love about this. Version and and especially compared against that that Sinatra version, is like the Sinatra version sounds like feels like like oh this we you are having an enchanted evening you are seeing uh-huh. a stranger across a crowded room and you're gonna see her and you're you're gonna find her and you're never gonna let her go, and the Bob interpretation is the complete inverse of that like you have never met a stranger you never see the stranger across a crowded room or maybe you did see a stranger yeah, across a crowded room and you go. did let her go yeah. and um just the the way that these these songs are so simple and um it's the same words that are coming out of these guys mouths and stuff but they they mean completely different things just based on the way that they're put across yeah, I and can't you know, that's kind of an obvious you. like simple sort of thing but it's um it's it's just it's it's such a perfect illustration of like the value of a project like this. I
0: can't believe you d- you didn't know this song at all. Like the original version. I've it. never seen See, South Pacific. Literally musicals used to be good, you know. They used to just be filled with songs like this. And sure. um I,
1: listen, I I love an uh, American Paris or um you know, um whatever no, else. Uh, Do not think they're the, singing
0: that? I think there is. Is there?
1: Or is it just dancing? I think it's just dancing. Yeah, well, Singing in the Rain, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah,
0: Singing in the Rain. Yeah. You know, South Pacific Gene Kelly. Is, a, is one that has a lot of good songs. Uh, the Music Man. Um, uh, Man Girl of, from North Country. Man of La Mancha is later, but it's had some good ones. Girl from North Country. Um, Carousel.
1: Girl from North Country.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Oliver.
1: <laughs> uh, Greece is fun. Um, Go Grease Lightning. Grease.
2: <laughs> God. Greece is...
0: Grease cool. is so... It, Greece sucks. Kaniki. Kaniki. was the original uh, Evan Hansen. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> high schooler who looks like he's 50. Uh, or rather, 40. 30 too old folks uh some enchanted evening incredible song beautiful song full moon and empty arms it's what you don't want to have happen <laughs> <laughs> this, this is exactly you'd rather what have a, you'd rather have an have
1: empty happen. empty moon or a you know, new moon no moon and full arms. Forget that's, the that's moon. Much you want to have full arms. Full arms. That's what
0: I'm saying. Empty arms. This is <laughs> Bob's. Actually, sings this whole song with his arms like a donut in front of him. You know, holding them out mm-hmm. like he's hugging an invisible person, and he's has his eyes closed and his arms are out in an o an oval shape and right. and he's going. Um, and he's singing the song that way, and they actually had to move the mic uh, just to accommodate that. Um, so the mic was kind of hung above him, so that he could re- truly have empty arms, so that the mic stand wasn't in the middle of his arms. You follow? I didn't know
1: that. I, I follow. Thank you for the the peek behind. Yeah. The so they were
0: actually dangling the piece of of string, <laughs> <laughs> a length of string. Uh, the, mic, the mic really was
1: like a ropey strand <laughs> right in front of his face like this is this is as close to like actually just being in Bob's mouth as you're gonna get on a record
0: <laughs> maybe as close as you're gonna get to speak for yourself <laughs> uh,
1: this um this, this interview with the um the uh, recording engineer uh, know, Al man. Schmidt Al Schmidt cut that part out Al Schmidt uh, who was 84 at the time Discography extends back 60 years Includes retor- recordings by Duke Ellington Henry Mancini Sam Cooke Ray Charles mancini. George Benson Mancini Boom boom Mancini Boom boom Mancini I think it's
0: um,
1: pronounced that way Yeah I mean you can pronounce it either way uh, Zevon does pronounce it Mancini oh. Uh, Diana Krall, most recently, New Young, and Bob... Anyway, this guy, old head. You know how um, Dylan
0: covered that song, Boom Boom Mancini?
1: Yeah, when when he was doing the uh, like the Zvon covers in 03-ish era. Um, Full Moon
0: and Empty Arms.
1: The He was asked, how did you mic the session? Uh, and Al Schmidt says... Uh, Bob didn't want to see mics except the mic that he was singing on, so all the mics were quite a distance from people. It was really unique, and I had to use every bit of my 60 years of experience trying to figure out how to do this and do it the right way. We used some great microphones. They use great microphones. The acoustic bass mic was eight feet from the bass down and away, so we couldn't see it. He could look at the bass player, but he couldn't see the mic. Same with the acoustic guitar player. Now, the guys that played electric and steel, they had amps, so I was able to sneak the mic in fairly close to the amps, but it worked great, and overall we did 23 songs. Only 10 are on this first album. Do you think that those songs were the songs that just became Fallen Angels, or is there a whole bootleg series worth of material from this that we're not even getting until 2058?
0: I hope that there's so much more. You know, it, it occurs to me when we were talking about Dylan's um, you know, not wanting to see those mics that uh, it probably translates pretty directly to his um, not wanting people to be on their phones at the show. It, at least right. I would guess that it's it's a similar attitude. And uh, I found myself at at the last show I was at, at Yolo Tango, feeling kind of like, I really don't like people on their phones at the show. And uh, I'm really glad that Dylan, you know, with his Jack booted thugs, like enforced (laughs) that um, because it was uh, the right move. Ultimately that, that show, those shows have an atmosphere and it's about not being on your fucking phone. Yes. It's a big part of it. And um, it's a, I don't know. It's it's like I get what where he's coming from, I think, you know, not wanting to see the mics, not wanting to see phones, just wanting it to be that immediate feeling. And if you care, then you're going to participate in the way that he would want it to be.
1: Yeah. It's a little tough to enforce because obviously people are such psychos about their phones these days. Like there's just gonna be a bunch of people who misbehave even yeah. when there's people coming and shining flashlights in your face and shouting at you or kicking you out of the show. Kicking even. you flat out. Um, but
0: I like that they kick you the fuck out.
1: Well, well that's the thing. Like I, I like if if the perfect world is this is the rule, everyone abides by the rule. We're all fine. Um, But like, you know, knowing that's not going to be the case, this is still even preferable to having people on their fucking phone. Like, imagine if the audience that we, you know, when we were sitting there just was a sea of people with their phones, like taping everything. Like it would have just been so fucking distracting.
0: And just on another, uh, on the level of this man doesn't even want to see a microphone when he records with his band. You are literally there in the room with him doing this show this 80-year-old man who is out there doing this don't put, don't take out your phone right do yeah do. Y- it's like being in the studio with him a place where he doesn't even want to see that the, the uh, devices re- He doesn't
1: even want to know that the music is being recorded yeah. in the first place <laughs> so
0: be with him be be on the level you know uh.
1: Yes, absolutely. Be on the level. And you're totally right about the technology thing. He, he mentions that a couple times in, the, um, in that interview. Um, he said, what does he say? Recording studios are filled with technology. They're set in their ways. And to update them means you'd have to change them back. That would be my idea of upgrading. And this will yeah, never happen. as far, As far as I know, recording studios are booked all the time. So obviously people like the improvements. The more technically advanced they are, the more in-demand they become. The corporations have taken over even in the recording studios. Actually, the corporate companies have taken over American life most everywhere. Go coast to coast and you'll see people all wearing the same clothes, think, thinking the same thoughts, and eating the same food. Like you were saying, everything looks shitty. Everything is processed. <laughs>
0: Literally, he he's talking about what we were saying, yeah. he is. He's, he's the enemy of uh, a couple things. The unlived, things. meaningless yeah. life. He's the enemy of those things and is the enemy of... The awful monoculture that is suffocating the creative spark of this nation.
1: Yes. Yeah, I don't think anyone could uh, say it better than Bob does here. Technology is mechanical and contrary to the emotions that inform a person's
0: life. Again, if you think that these (laughs) records are something that you can shuffle under the rug or ignore or... If you're just not interested in them, that's fine. Wrong. But you are so wrong that it is insane. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. You are you are siding with uh, everything that sucks and is shitty and temporary. We're calling you out. And Robert Crisco, <laughs> I cannot believe that you think that. <laughs> I cannot believe that you think that this is um, anything less than... Uh, Crucial American recording, me, recorded music. So
1: come on the podcast, Chris Gow, Welcome. and defend your take for this album that you probably listened to like maybe two times and then just like went and had breakfast.
0: I mean, we've been so wrong about things in the past, but thankfully we have gone through enough of hearing ourselves be really wrong that at the point that we got, got to these records, I'm very thankful. That we went chronologically for this reason, we're not going to make that mistake. This stuff is gold.
1: Well, we we have never thought that this was like even when we were like shit talking, shot of love or something. We've always loved this, right? But But we're not. It's not going to be the situation where six months from now we do a revisited episode on Shadows in the Night and we say actually this is all bad. No, we (laughs) we were wrong the first time.
0: No, no, that'll never be. But uh, anyway, next song just proves our point. Even more.
1: Where are
0: you? And I should say, it's not our point. It's just, you know, we're just n- noticing something that is true. A- yes. About the world. That this is all uh, top shelf. Where are you?
1: Mm. Um, so, such a mournful, just like heartbreaking kind of song.
0: Yeah, but this one, this, this trio or triplicate... Of songs seven eight nine, um, there's an innocence to these three that I think actually increases from "Full Moon and Empty Arms" to "Where Are You" to "What'll I Do." The one after this, that it it's it's so sweet, and uh, "Full Moon and Empty Arms" like you can actually think of it as like even one scene of a film where after this this enchanted evening where he lets her get away. Then he's sitting there thinking about how he's alone. The, then where are you? It's just an extension of that feeling. Um, but there's kind of this stunned uh, sadness. He's not fully sad yet. He's like just recounting it, and he's getting the picture as he as he goes through the events. You know, I can't believe it, he says.
1: I don't know this one seems pretty when I gave you my love was it all in vain all life through must I go on pretending where is that happy ending yeah but I think where are you you no he gets there but
0: I think the song especially you know it's framed as a question it's kind of just has this open wide-eyed thing that that is very touching it's like why are you not why are my arms empty
1: this, uh, th- to me, this is we're sliding towards just, like, black, like, <laughs> just regret, emptiness, misery, pain uh, at this point. Full Moon and Empty Arms, I'm with you, is, is a little, we're a little steadier, especially after Some Enchanted Evening. But this one, like, we're getting, it's, again, and it's such a light, basic, straightforward, simple, like, all these words are just so easily understood. There's no crazy kind of rhyme scheme or clever turns of phrase it's just like man this is just this is words and they mean what they mean and you understand it and it's perfect
0: how about that moment when he says when i gave you my love was it all in vain
1: yeah he's yearning
0: is my love in? is your love in vain <laughs> is your love in vain exactly yeah Ay, oh, yeah yeah um uh, was I gonna... where is my happy ending indeed
1: where wow well, where is my and happy ending and then
0: we've got the next song which i have to say is i think my favorite of the whole record wow really yeah i love this one so much it's just a uh, i don't know why exactly it it's just something about what will i do is so innocent and sweet that it it just really touches me. Uh, it's it's it just gets me every time.
1: Mm. Well, once again, I mean, like you can't. N- no one can argue with you on on ones that get you or don't get. You know the the ones that like kind of stick out to you because it's such a I, like we've said all along. It's like it's it's so just like. Like below, even like id level, like below the ego. Before anything, before below anything that can be put across into words, it's just it's just all kind of existing within you. Well, that's a, that's uh, a good point. Some catalyze that reaction.
0: It's, this is egoless music. It's it's before you put your face and your name and your personality on these emotions. It's just the emotion and the feeling the the way that the song is you know just what will i do what will i do it's it's just like what will i do when i'm sad because i you're not there i mean just breaks my heart and i i, I don't know i i love the the melody of it too it's just so gentle and effortless Just
1: even these like kind of like feelings or like sentiments are like things that are gone. They're pure. They're
0: not gone, and that's what this record is about. They're they're
1: they're gone in the sense that like no one is like even music. You know, in general, music is not sad. Music is like pretty. You know, like you're having a good time. You're vibing. But even the sad music, you know, the quote unquote sad music that's out there, like, is so sort of like one dimensional so rote, so Well, I don't like, know about
0: that I I there's a lot of people who like sad music there's there's sad music that I think is popular now some of it really popular uh like what I'm not going to name names but I'm, well, I'm no, not no, even we, saying we it's, don't need to, we don't need to cast no, no, not, not I, just, not I literally bad, can't think
1: of like popular sad I mean music.
0: I will say the Phoebe Bridgers record and and no, but that's and not like, i'm talking and, like taylor and, swift yeah, and, and, and like taylor you know swift. adele and yeah but kind of and adele i mean i don't mean to just talk about women here there's plenty of men who are doing <laughs> who make you know in the national for god's sake but you know there, there's that's a lot of sad music but it also it you know i think there's a, just an assumption that you have to figure out a new way to be sad you have to write lyrics in a way that are are sad in a new and fascinating way and that's what you get points for these days oh wow this record is really great because it articulates the isolation and loneliness in a fascinating new way you know people write volumes about how burial is like turns electronic music into a uh phenomenological exploration well, let's
1: not, of, hey let's let's not go insulting mark fisher nothing
0: here. against that but you don't have to be innovative in your sadness and people have forgotten that i think or they are ignoring that fact <laughs> innovative in your sadness it's
1: I, I love to innovate in my sadness It's.
0: i think there's a real thing that people try to do they aspire to do creatively And you don't have to do that. You know, who knows that Jonathan Richman, somebody who writes songs that are just like, (laughs) I I feel bad, you know, and that's the quality that this song has, you know, he has that song. I'm so confused. There's, uh, that's one of my favorite records by him. It ends with a song called, I can't find my best friend. And he clearly was going through it on that record and had, had a breakup and, um, That song, you know, it has the same feeling that this song gives me, where it's like, he's not afraid to seem foolish for being someone who, for experiencing a simple feeling. And uh, he's not trying to make it fancier. He's just trying to connect with you.
1: See, to me, I I think like the, like interesting like delta between what was you know this style of music and what is you know the current style of you know quote-unquote sad music is like the the presence of like personality and like like individual kind of uh subjectivity so to speak style
0: personal style
1: well it, like so much of the the you know modern stuff or whatever is like personality driven it's like it's like i'm interested in this particular per- this specific person and this specific person's experiences yeah, even and their the, messages and stuff even their personal and,
0: their literal relationship that yeah, they're their personal, obliquely exactly. referring to
1: right exactly or not so obliquely referring to right and and what's great about this is is the lack of any sort of individual personality that's driving it, and and a lot of that obviously is going to come from the the modes of production of the actual you know quote unquote uh, you know object here, which this is this is song this is songwriting music. This is not singer songwriting music. These are songs that are penned by professional songwriters and interpreted and sung by other people, mm-hmm. versus you know you know uh, the at which Bob you know kind of himself and the Beatles. Came along and destroyed, turned you know the, the paradigm on its head and turned it into singer songwriter music where you have to write your own music. There's nothing to say that one of these methods of songwriting or music making or whatever is is superior. In, it's just what what is so refreshing to get out of this music. I think compared to even other songs that like a lot of other songs that Bob himself has written, is this lack of this lack of like individual like subjectivity here is it it, this is just this is stuff that is is for the man on the street as that's something bob said i think that was in another interview exactly
0: it was in that interview yeah uh was this interview where he says he met uh sinatra
1: um
0: or is that maybe that was around triplicate
1: i don't know i mean he talks about meeting sinatra jr in um chronicles i don't know because
0: there's the one where he talks about how sinatra said we both have blue eyes blue eyes that's right yeah um but uh to get back to the topic at hand yeah it's like dylan knew with these songs what he was doing by choosing to do a record of covers because he knew that these songs have in some way you know what becomes a fault if you don't bring the right focus the right attention and, and attitude to them their their vagueness and their potential um facelessness it becomes a, a an obstacle but he understood that it's actually their greatest strength if you know how to treat these songs and you believe in them right when somebody yeah, just I, does I, these songs Expecting that, well, this is good stuff. This is just so much fodder for me to put my voice on. Then it becomes exactly that: stacks of wood that you are you're gonna throw in your furnace and do your production on. But this time, he's uh, to further my metaphor. He's not taking it for granted that this is wood. This is like stuff you can burn to stay alive. This is like real important fundamental stuff this is life-giving material and you have to respect it
1: you do indeed uh on that note that lucky old son
0: what else gives you life you know what a what a way to send what it a way off. to end this uh, um this is- Besides, why
1: try to change me now? Probably my favorite. You know, this. Yeah. The, the, I think those are both perfect. It's interesting because Bob mentions in the interview that like he didn't really, didn't really think about sequencing on this record. Uh, which, you know, who knows if he's actually correct about that, that, that these songs are just presented in the chronological order in which they were recorded, which, really? you know, Did he, that's what he says. I mean, know, that's
0: really amazing if that's the
1: case. Yeah, it, well, that's, that's exactly it. it. It's maybe a little too amazing that it worked out so well sequencing-wise. Why mean, Try to Change Me Now is the end of the first okay. side. Such a perfect note there, and then that lucky old son to wrap this whole thing yeah. up, which this, you know, you've really kind of, we've worked our way down, uh, over the course of this second side of the record, sad, deep, dark, night of the soul kind of stuff. And and then it just it it ends on this moment of grace, this 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 moment of like um of uh like understanding and, and oneness and, and sense of um peace with the world.
0: Yeah, but also so full of pain. You know, this is a song that is all about just the to the, the suffering. Yeah. It's a song uh, and at, and born yet there is out this out of that suffering.
1: Yeah, and yet there is this sense of understanding on top of it too cuz that you know that lucky old it's it's not another person that we're jealous of here it's it's the son, it's the lord above it's that lucky old son. Like we're all kind of we're all down here toiling away. Yeah, lord above and,
0: can't you see I'm uh pining tears in my eyes.
1: Right. We're all we're all kind of, you know, in the same uh in the same position, so to speak. Um,
0: He's literally begging the Lord in this. And to hear Dylan, who we know has had this relationship with God that was at various points extremely public to, for him to return to that in this way with a song he didn't write, but a song that seems to speak to that urge, that feeling of wanting to have that relationship of, of, of being, humble enough to say i'm hurting give me something here you know well it's
1: it's ultimately a a, a hopeful song too because you know it, it acknowledges you know i'm out on the job work like the devil for for my pay but towards the end we get uh lift me to paradise show me that river take me across wash all my troubles away like that lucky old son give me nothing to do but roll around heaven, all like we're looking forward to the future here, and and it's it's a it's a like a um, a sense of acceptance to with regard to this you know kind of fucked up world in which you exist at the moment. But we're hoping, even even hoping against hope, it's probably not going to work out. I but mean, we're it's, still going to hope
0: faith that there's it's not expecting that you'll get it it's like faith that there's something there to get like something All you out can do there. is hope yeah exactly. there there must be something out there and that's that's the, the lord above the can't you know i'm
1: pining tears in my eyes send down that cloud with a silver lining lift me to, like you're in you're you're not vibing here right now but you're hoping against hope that you'll be able to vibe in some future dimension (laughs) in the afterlife.
0: Don't you know I'm not vibing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like that lucky old son give me nothing to do but vibe around heaven (laughs) all day. Uh,
0: (laughs) When he delivers that final salvo that that final uh, the final line That's just, um, it's not the most incredible singing you'll ever hear, Robert Crisco. But what it is, is uh, some of the most emotive and truest and most graceful singing.
1: A for effort.
0: I mean... uh, It's as, it's as kind of, it's just great. I mean, I, I feel like when you hear it, it's like hearing somebody hit a high note that is fantastic, even though it's not exactly like an Olympic feat. It's just emotionally it is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's as out there or as big as Bob goes, you know, as a singer on this entire record. And, and again, it's perfect that it wraps up this whole, album with and it's perfect that that, that it comes at the very end of this song like this song really kind of builds uh to this crescendo here at the end and the combination of that voice the horns also we should note like this song is real like the, the horns really come through on this song more than any of them i think like this is the one that sounds the horniest uh no. for lack of a better term right. um Bob returns. yeah um i don't know it's just such a it's just such a nice it's not it, it's good me it's mellifluous it's good music it's it makes me Dylan music uh, makes you feel good it's It's uh, uh,
0: great music it, it, is what when, it is. you know it,
1: <laughs> all of the all of the the truisms and catchphrases in the Jokerman toolkit at this point I yeah. think can uh, can be applied
0: here that way that it pauses before give me nothing to do you know like that lucky old son everything cuts out for a second. Give me nothing to do.
1: Hmm. But around heaven all day.
0: Uh, three stars. Three stars.
1: Better than Tempest.
0: Better than Tempest. Wow. <laughs>
1: I was just saying that to get a rise out of you and here I you mean, go agreeing with me.
0: Not fair because it's you know comparing an original to a non-original <laughs> but I mean I consider this record to be something people will look back on at, as one of the great records in the in the sense of a rec- a record a yes, a record of American music. This is important and it's I do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think we that should, in this the is future, like send this into space level stuff. Like if yeah. you're gonna fucking put a golden disc into um, the abyss of and cold reaches of space, uh, you know, do this one.
1: Yeah. It, 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 this is one that I really think is only going to grow in stature over time, and and really maybe maybe only this one, maybe not the next couple. But maybe we'll get not to that the next when couple, through. but if you uh, like this one, uh, yeah, we're planting know. our flag now. Like this is this is one for the books. This is one for the ages. Get on it now. Like this is this <laughs> is the good shit. This is the important shit. It's yeah. just as big as Tempest. It's just as big as Rough and Rowdy Ways. You know, it's
0: it's as good it's as big as like a rolling stone this is
1: (laughs) as earth shattering and
0: uh, it's not earth shattering it's just the earth if you like if you've ever liked anything about life uh,
1: you'll if you like uh, how many of y'all out there like carbon how many how uh, how many of y'all like
0: uh, trees how many of y'all like like birds and the air and the feeling of being alive (laughs) Uh, you'll probably like Shadows in the Night. Shadows in the Night by Bob Dylan.
2: Jokerman. Up in the morning, out right on the job, work like the devil for my pain. But that lucky old son, has nothing to do But roll around a heaven all day Fuss with my woman Toil for my kids Sweat till I'm wrinkled and gray While that lucky old son Has there's nothing to do but roll around heaven all day Good Lord above, catch not you see The silver lining lift me to paradise. Show me that river. Take me across and wash all my troubles.